Hey guys, this is Billy Metcalf here from FantasyInquirer.com and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Fantasy Inquirer podcast. Today's episode, we'll be talking about handcuffs and running backs that have standalone value in fantasy football. I also have some depth charts of players I ranked um, at FantasyInquirer.com. Um, in the article I wrote titled Top 15 Fantasy Handcuff Running Backs, Standalone Running Backs, and Depth Charts. So let's get into it right now. Um, handcuffs, there's nothing I like more in fantasy football than stealing a handcuff from somebody and actually playing them and have them do good. It just brings me so much joy. I don't know why. Um, last year, for example, a lot of people who had Melvin Gordon and James Conner didn't handcuff them with Justin Jackson and um, Jalen Samuels come the uh, playoffs in some leagues. So smart owners like me and you guys uh, walked right in with Justin Jackson and Jalen Samuels and got the points that they should have gotten. Um, that's big. And, uh, you know, every waiver wire podcast around that time would tell you to pick those guys up or everything you read. But you knew, uh, you guys and other people, who were doing this research earlier before the year, you could um, see the trend happening. As the year went on, you knew who would be valuable and who wouldn't be valuable. So that's why we're doing an exercise like this in May, because we want to figure out who to pick up down the stretch, you know, who will hit and who will bring us that money. So let's get right into it here with running backs who are not handcuffs. These guys have standalone value. Um, first off, I have... Uh, my definition of this, uh, of a running back with a standalone value um, and not a handcuff, they are uh, either the second running back on a team or they're not drafted within the first seventh or eighth rounds. Or, I mean, they are drafted within the first seventh or eighth rounds. Um, the definition has been skewed in the last few years because about 75% of the teams use a full running back by committee. So let's get these guys out of the way who I don't consider handcuffs right now. I have Tariq Cohen and David Montgomery. Yes, I actually have David Montgomery ranked higher than Tariq Cohen right now. I think that he's going to step in right away. And I already heard uh, Brian Pace talk about possibly using him as a three-down uh, running back. And I trust Ryan Pace, uh, him and Matt Nagy. I trust their drafting ability, and I trust their usage of a player. They had like five draft picks this draft because they paid – traded all their picks away and they took their first draft pick in the third round actually moving up several picks to get david montgomery so this tells me they're gonna use him it's the guy who they always wanted jordan howard could run the ball fine okay not that good he didn't have the burst but david montgomery is a burst and he can catch the ball jordan howard could never catch the ball the guy had stone hands so this is the perfect guy for this offense uh, Tariq Cohen will actually be, you know, he'll still be catching balls. He'll still be great. But I think that uh, David Montgomery and uh, these guys, uh, don't worry about Mike Davis, okay? He had one half a good season in Seattle. He did nothing the first four years prior. I think that Montgomery can knock Davis over with a feather. And uh, both those guys have standalone values. In the draft I did at uh, ffpc.com, I linked the board to the article at Fantasy Inquirer. Uh, we have uh, Montgomery going in the seventh round and uh, Cohen going in the fourth round. I did a draft recently, actually, where Montgomery moved up to the fifth round, and I think that's probably where he's going to stay in these PPR drafts. So those guys both have standalone value. 
Let's go to number two, Sony Michelle and James White. They're pretty similar to the Chicago Bear guys, probably with even more upside. But I don't think James White's going to repeat the 14 touchdowns that he had last year unless Sony Michelle gets hurt again, which he's been hurt in college. He was hurt for four or five games last year. So this isn't a huge stretch. Number three, let's look at Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray. Uh, Latavius Murray should step right in and fill the Mark Ingram role. I don't think that's going to change any any bit there. Really not much more to say there. Uh, if you want touchdowns, Murray will probably get double-digit touchdowns. Kamara will handle the passing work, and he'll still get his touches and be the bell cow. But if we saw Drew Brees and he was like uh, anything like he was the last seven or eight games of the year last year, they were running the ball a lot. Drew Brees looked bad. His consistency went way down. His yards per game went way down. They want to run the ball. So Latavius Murray's, you know, he has stand low value as well. Uh, the number four here is Tevin Coleman and Jarek McKinnon. Both the guys are expected to share the load, but uh, Coleman should see more work between the tackles. And uh, McKinnon will get more work in the passing downs. Neither of them have played a snap with San Francisco yet, so we don't quite know how this is going to work. Uh so it's kind of fluid, but they'll both have standalone value. Um, Chris Carson and Rashad Penny are the number five here. Carson was great last year. Uh, Penny was banged up. He came back and flashed. He was awesome. I remember he came back and I think it was against the Texans that had like a 35-yard run, and he came up lame after this and was out for the game. Uh, Mike Davis had his Magic Mike year. Uh, that's I'll be calling him if he supplants uh, Dave Montgomery this year, Magic Mike. <laughs> but uh, he's gone. He's in Chicago. Uh, so both these guys are supposed to f uh, split the load evenly. I mean, you'll have McKissick there still, but I expect both those guys to, you know, be the main cogs. They're both going around the fifth or the sixth round. Um, if I had a choice, I'd take Penny first just because he's younger, and I think he offers a little more upside. But both those guys scare me with injuries. Uh, Carson missed all of 2017 with the ACL injury. So it's a gamble there. Uh, number six, I have Miles uh, Sanders and Jordan Howard. Uh, they should be the main players in the Philly run game. I guess that, uh, you could call either a handcuff. So I'm kind of just leaving this here right now. But Sanders was drafted in the fifth round. Um, Howard was drafted in the ninth round. I expect Sanders to get most of the carries. But you got to remember, they still have Sproles there, still have Clement there, still have Adams there. And one of those guys will probably be cut. Then they have Sanders and Howard. So... We don't know how this is going to work, but those two guys will be the main drafted guys on that team. Uh, I'm leaving this one here right now at number seven, Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber. Uh, another situation we don't have much info on. We do know that Bruce Arians is magic when he touches running backs. So that's why we're so excited with this. Plus, they didn't draft running back in Tampa, so that's cool. Uh, we just don't know which way they're leaning right now. I'm leaning Barber personally. Uh, a lot of people are leaning uh, with uh, Rojo, Ronald Jones. I don't really trust the reports that he's like an awesome and Bruce Arian loves him. I just think it's a lot of smoke. But we'll see here. Okay, let's get right into the top 15 handcuffs I have written down here. And number one is none other than Darrell Henderson, rookie out of Memphis University. You want upside? He just went in the sixth round of the most recent draft I did. I have the board linked here, fantasyinquire.com, and he's almost not even a handcuff. You, you could probably draft him as standalone value at this point, but in other drafts, I uh, not so uh, 
high stakes, I'm sure he'll be going lower. Um, maybe not by draft time, but right now I'm sure you could probably get a good deal on him in some drafts. Uh, you probably heard this before, but he's a, he's a league winner in redraft if uh, Todd Gurley misses time. You'll want uh, to take him if you don't believe in Todd Gurley. And at this point, I don't believe in Todd Gurley. I don't believe the, that his knee's healthy. I heard him come out the other day, didn't give himself a full endorsement of his knee, his arthritic riddled knee uh, from his ACL injury. They came out and matched the draft sheet uh, from uh, Malcolm Brown with Detroit. So Malcolm Brown's back. They moved up in the draft to get Darrell Henderson in the third round. So this doesn't, you know, there's a smokestack burning in the distance here. And it's not a good thing for Todd Gurley. And I think Henderson's a big beneficiary. He had an 8.9 yard per carry average at Memphis two years in a row, not one, two. Okay, this isn't exactly the SEC or anything, but uh, <laughs> that's very good. He fits this offense good. I just read an article with his college coach the other day saying how he fits this scheme so well, and uh, he's definitely my top handcuff. Number two, uh, you could probably go with the next four or five here in any order, but number two, I like. Ido Smith of the Atlanta Falcons. He wasn't the best guy last year. Um, flashy when he had the chance. When uh, Freeman went down and Coleman was a little banged up. He had uh, 90 carries for 315 yards and four touchdowns. He also added 27 catches. Uh, I like him this year because Tevin Coleman's gone. And they didn't add another running back with the healthy Devonta Freeman. And I am not a believer in Devonta Freeman this year. I don't believe he could stay healthy a whole year. He reminds me of a broken down back on his last leg. He's had three concussions in the last few years. I just don't trust him to get through the year. Uh, I'm not exactly giving a ring an endorsement for Ido Smith, but they did add two more linemen to their already good line in the draft this year. So I think that when uh, Freeman goes down, Ido Smith could be, you know, he have a, be a very big impact in fantasy leagues if he just does a little better than last year, a little more efficiency. So I really am curious about what he can do. But I, he's my number two handcuff just because the offense he'll step into. So we don't know if he's going to be uh, Tevin Coleman or Devonta Freeman, but he's my number two right now. Number three, Royce Freeman. Uh, Royce went from making you think last year he could challenge Barkley to his rookie rushing title in the preseason to getting Benchford undrafted rookie free agent and Philip Lindsay in week one. Um, I expect a better year uh, from Freeman like most people do. I mean, where else are you going to go? He, there's nowhere you can go but up for Freeman. He did finish the year strong the last game um, when Lindsay broke his wrist. Uh, that wrist is also not going to be healed until training camp, so... Uh, if there's a setback or anything, or if uh, Lindsey's not getting a lot of work, Freeman could be the man. He was drafted in the third round. Uh, he looked good in limited time. He looked bad earlier in the year. I expect a lot bigger things from him this year. It's a new offense. It's a new coach, uh, new scheme. So we really don't know what's going to happen, but I'll roll the dice on Freeman. Uh, number four, Jalen Samuels. Uh, he helped you great uh, big last year down the stretch if you handcuffed him or picked him up for the injured James Conner. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. He looked like uh, just another Pittsburgh running back, you know. It's almost like you could plug anybody in that role, right? 
Uh, you know, uh, he has standalone value too, honestly. He could be in that other tier of guys I read before. Uh, but if Connor misses games, he's an easy plug-and-play for me to top 15 weekly start just because the offense he's in in Pittsburgh. So uh, we're going to leave him there for now. Number five, Carlos Hyde. Like uh, like many other people, I'm not ready to crown Damian Williams yet in Kansas City. I know he was good last year down the stretch last few games, catching passes and running. Um, I think Hyde has enough juice left in the tank to make some noise in this offense. Call me crazy, but if he has a chance, Damian Williams does have an injury history. Uh, he he was uh, opened the door for Kenyon Drake when he was in Miami two years ago. So there's room for Hyde to... Uh, there's a world where I can see Hyde uh, being a weekly top 10 play if uh, things break right. So I'm, I'm very curious about Hyde. Uh, you know, I'll take him... I'll take a chance on him in the eighth or ninth round, maybe even the seventh. Nah, probably not the seventh. But I, I, I think, uh, I think there's a good chance he could start at some point this season. Let's leave it at that. Deonta Free Foreman uh, of the Houston Texans. Uh, he's back uh, after a year from blowing out his Achilles on an amazing 30-yard touchdown run. Uh, he looked like he was about to leap Lamar Miller that year. Miller has only got more meh and uh, just overall, I don't want to say inconsistent, just boring. It didn't help that the line stinks in Houston, but uh, Mel, uh, Lamar Miller is not going to help you in your leagues. Uh, I'm not sure if Dante Freeman uh, is going to help you, but he did look explosive when he had the chance last that we saw. Uh, the Achilles injury is hard to come back from, but all the reports are that he's uh, green light go now. Uh, the only other person there is Alfred Blue over from Jacksonville. And uh, how many chances has Blue had to uh, carry the rock? So let's move on to number seven here with uh, Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. I kind of got these guys uh, back, back to back here. Eckler has a value to hold up on his own through the air. I could actually put them in the other tier. But uh, I just want to put them here because he's a handcuff. Uh, Melvin Gordon had a lot more work last year and he caught a lot more passes. Uh, we saw what Justin Jackson looked like filling in during the playoff weeks as week uh, 13 through 15 last year. He helped a lot of people win the championships and fill in. Uh, he did great for my team. Uh, Melvin Gordon's only getting older and I love taking Justin Jackson in like the 15th or 16th rounds in the, these 20 round drafts I've been doing in the FFPC. Uh, He'll just step right in, and he, he looked great last year. He could catch passes, too. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, you get him for basically nothing at the end of your draft. He, he's he's this, the prototypical handcuff, and I love him. Uh, Naheem Hines, another player with standalone value who really shined last year. Marlon Mack wasn't on the field. Unfortunately for Hines, though, when Mack was on the field on the stretch, uh he basically was non-existent. Uh, Hines caught 10 more balls last year than Tariq Cohen did his rookie year. So Hines is one of the players I really, really like. And I'll draft him as standalone value. And he's getting way overlooked in drafts. So he's another guy that I think... Uh, oh, they also signed Spencer Ware just the other day there. So I guess he could be a handcuff too in Indianapolis. So we'll see there. But... uh Number nine here, 
Kalen Balaj. Uh, I loved him last year. I thought he'd supplant and leap Kenyon Drake at some point, but it never happened. He did fill in for him against the game against the Vikings in week 15, and he immediately ripped off a 17-yard touchdown run. Um, where was that all year? That's what we were saying. All the Kalen Ballage truthers out there. Uh, I'm going to the well again this year for him in 19, 2019, and I'm going to say he takes over for Kenyon Drake at some point. Probably not even due to injury. That's how little faith I have in Drake. Uh, Ballage has shown that he can play, he can catch the ball, and he's physical. Uh, draft him late, I'm telling you. Uh, you know, this is not a drill. This is not last year. But I'm getting him probably round or two later than I did last year in drafts already. So I'll take that all day. I'll take that lottery ticket, and I'll scratch that baby off. Number 10, Jamal Williams. I think Williams is going to be worked into the rotation with Aaron Jones. But he's going to be much less of a player. Dexter Williams, uh, the rookie running back, is the guy I think that could have a lot of value in this offense. Um, I just don't think anything special with Jamal Williams. Uh, I know Aaron Jones gets hurt quite a bit. And uh, neither of them have really shown me much. But if I had to, I'd definitely take Aaron Jones. But uh, I think Williams had maybe one good game last year when uh, Jones was out and everyone loved him and everyone thought he was going to be great and this big, uh, you know, big deal. And then he stunk the next few games. But uh, Dexter Williams out of Notre Dame, I watched this guy being in the area for a while. He's uh, he's somebody who could definitely come in and uh, I believe uh, take over for both these guys. And none of the... Uh, Matt LaFleur, the new coach that uh, came from the failing Tennessee Titans offense last year. Yeah, he failed up and got hired as coach somehow. Um, oh, he was McVay's old offensive coordinator, that's why. But uh, they don't have any anything to do with uh, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, you know. he You know, those aren't his players. So I think Dexter Williams, I might have to put him on here next time I update it. Uh, that's how much I like him for Jamal Williams. Uh, number 11 here, we have Kareem Hunt. He's not a handcuff, but you have to draft him like it, basically, because he's going to miss the first eight games. Uh, the draft board I posted here on fantasyinquirer.com has him at the 10-3, which isn't too bad if you feel uh, like holding him on your roster until a couple weeks before Thanksgiving. But he should come back, and I assume Duke Johnson will be traded by then. I'm not sure. But There'll be some sort of role from, for him, especially if Duke Johnson or Chubbs hurt. I mean, there's a world where he comes right in and is like a top three back. So if you want to take a chance on him deep in the draft or, you know, in the mid rounds, these are 20-round drafts, so the 10th round, I guess if you're loaded and feel really good about your team, that's fine. But just remember, you got to wait till almost, you know, two weeks, May 4th, May 7th. No, November. I'm sorry. What am I looking at? November 7th. Okay, so, yeah. You have to wait that long. So, if you can hold out and your team stays afloat and he comes back, you know, you're, it's, uh, you got a world beater on your hands. Uh, number 12, Devin Singletary. I don't think they drafted him in the third round after signing Frank Gore, uh, signing TJ Yeldon a week and a half before the draft, and still having McCoy. Uh my theory is they're going to trade McCoy or one of those, or McCoy, um, and uh, maybe, no, not Yellen, they signed Yellen, but McCoy will get traded, and uh, 
I think Gore's done. I, I mean, he keeps proving us wrong, but uh, Singletary, he was great in college. I really liked him a lot, and I don't think they drafted him in the third round to uh, ride the pine all year. So I think he starts at some point this year. I just don't know. We have to see what opens up for him, who gets hurt, if Gore's still even getting touches. But uh, he's a good guy to stash. I'd definitely hold on to him. Matt Breida. I was kind of dovetailing earlier on the uh, Jarek McKinnon, Tevin Coleman uh, rankings. Breida was amazing last year when he was on the field, but he's constantly injured. I don't remember how many times last year I started Breida after McKinnon got hurt and was just waiting for him to go off, and he'd have 10 points. And then in the second quarter, I'd look at it and go, where's Breida? Oh, he left the game with an ankle, you know, two weeks later. Oh, Breida had a nice run. Oh, check uh, check the box score. Where's Breida? Oh, Breida, he uh, has a hamstring. There's always something with Breida. I mean, he's a great player. And uh, there's a log jam right now with Coleman and McKinnon. But those guys, uh, they're not pinnacles of health. I mean, granted, McKinnon was never really hurt until last year's ACL. But we don't know quite how that's going to work there already. So things change fast, and uh, he looked so good in the offense last year. I mean, maybe they want to trade him after they came out and got Coleman from uh, Atlanta. Maybe he'll go with uh, Tampa Bay or something. I mean, that would be a dream. So Matt Breida, he's, I love Matt Breida. Can't tell you that enough. Uh, you want to draft him late because that's a great offense, and they, they believed in him last year, but maybe they don't believe in him this year if they're going to come and get Coleman. But he's definitely a guy you want to grab. Uh, number 14, Deion Lewis. Uh, he was a man last year, and, uh, and uh, until they finally figured out about uh, week 10 that Derrick Henry should be getting all his carries, basically. Uh, the offense should be running through him. Um, I still expect Lewis to have value you know, through the air. Not big value. And obviously his workload would increase if Henry went down. Um, so he's another guy to handcuff. He'll have some decent weeks. If they're down big points, like they probably will be because of the Titans, he'll have a lot of big PPR games. Uh, number 15, C.J. Anderson. He looked rejuvenated last year in the last six games and going into the Super Bowl. And that Rams offense, yeah, it could have been the Rams offense and blocking. That helped him look rejuvenated. But the Lions brought him in, and uh, he's a backup to uh, on Johnson, who has been injured every year since high school he got injured last year and did the year on ir um i wouldn't be surprised to see him start a few games honestly uh when johnson's banged up so those are the 15 guys i have um if you guys have any questions just uh message me on twitter or leave a comment on the article uh at fantasyinquire.com um i'll be updating this probably once every couple weeks here and uh there'll be other guys that'll uh go to different teams for trades and stuff i know they're not done trading um so that's what i have for you guys today um like i said i'll probably have a receiver version of this i'm kind of working on it right now but uh i'll have something for you guys next week thanks for listening guys bye